Listening Dog Media. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. And welcome to the Offside Rule. Myself, Kate Borsley, joined by Lindsay Hooper. Hello. And Hayley McQueen. Hello. My God, it feels like so much has happened this week. Hayley, the McQueen 11 starts right now. It does. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to sort of bash out 11 kids <laughs> at the ripe old age of 39, but I'm on my way. Good. Congratulations. Yeah, a massive congratulations from us. It's great to have another little baby involved in the Offside Rule fold. We'll be training them up to push the buttons, produce us, cut and edit, video us, everything. (laughs) Sorry, Abby. Abby's looking redundant. (laughs) Could even be a girl and she's already part of the gang, you know? Do you know whether it's a boy or a girl? No. Oh, exciting. It was really lovely to see your news. We know you've got a little lovely bump emerging as well. Little? Um, Are you having a laugh? (laughs) I don't even need one of those badges on the tube that says baby on board because it's it's blatantly obvious. Stick it in people's faces. They're like, oh, when are you due? And they're expecting me to kind of say June or something. I'm like... September and they're looking at it's our oh, twins. Yes, fine. No, yeah, no. absolutely fine. Have you had any sport related morning sickness or no. incidents? I've been really lucky. I've I've been so lucky. I've had a few cravings, fresh orange juice and fruit, but I mean that is That's I good. Am thankful. That's, yeah. yeah. And obviously the carbs. We have a pastry morning, which we've just <laughs> it's so exciting. I Instagrammed it this morning. We had cronuts, didn't <gasps> cronuts. we? Cronuts. <gasps> it's a cross between a croissant and a donut, right? Loved and they it. are delicious. Delicious, recommend the cinnamon one. Mm. I'd only ever seen them on American TV, but now I'm living the American dream. <laughs> uh, talking of food, Lindsay, how was your afternoon tea? Because oh. you narrowly avoided a domestic involving the FA Cup game uh, with Wolves, but we'll move on to that in just a second. Great. But it, but <laughs> part of this story involves you going to afternoon tea yes. with the in-laws. Can I also say it was one of the most expensive weekends for me to get to that match. <laughs> I moved everything to the Saturday. I booked dinner on the Friday night as well as an extra compensation. So I did Friday night dinner with the in-laws-to-be. Then we did breakfast at Sky Garden. Then we went to, by the way, not cheap, Grosvenor House Hotel. No, I'm sure it isn't. Um, So it all went swimmingly. 
all fine, apart from when it came to the Wembley day. And on that day, I got a message as well for quite a good job. Would you like to come in? We're a bit short. So I, I totted it all up after turning down work, booking all these escapades for us to go and do all together around London with, with Nat's family and thought, I'm probably down about 1,500 quid. <gasps> Don't do that yes. next time. Do not do those calculations. <sighs> I know I shouldn't. I'm just tormenting myself. What else has been going on for you this week? I prevented a fire. <laughs> <laughs> In a pub in Richmond. So, <laughs> Please, God, oh. tell me how. So I was waiting for my friend who was very, very late. And I really needed a wee. So bad. And I'd got all of my laptop set up and everything. Oh, my so God, I hope that's not how you prevented the fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, although that would be a much better story. But I was that person that goes into, it was a pub, but effectively like those people that go into coffee shops and then get their, their laptop plug out and oh. get their phone charger plug out. I was that person. I'd got like a little system. I was all set up and I didn't want to put it all away. So I was like, I need her to get here and then she can look after this mm. and I go to the loo. So I was like, message her, hurry up, run, run. I'm really getting desperate. So she comes in with a really lovely brand new jacket on. And whilst I popped to the loo, there was a reserve on the table and she had to move all of the stuff oh. to another table. Oh. And she threw her jacket on the sill. And then I come out and I'm like, I can smell burning. And the actual person behind the bar had rang the manager saying, I think it's the electrics. And I went over and I saw she'd thrown her jacket onto a candle. <gasps> and I I just about got it off in time. Wow. So you prevented a fire. What an I told you I did. <laughs> what about the jacket? 350 quid. <gasps> and she's going to have to have elbow patches on it. <laughs> Okay, well, also within the last week or so, England have played those two warm-up games ahead of the Women's World Cup in France in June. Uh, A 1-0 loss to Canada, but a better result over Spain. A few different things that I wanted to take away from this match. We'll get onto the football matters in, in a moment. But first of all, I'm in love with this new dark red kit. Yeah, yes, that they actually have really their own lovely. kit yeah, that fits. It's absolutely red. lovely. So that got a big tick. But moving on to more essential matters, I, I thought that Jill Scott did brilliantly as a captain. So she was stepping in for Steph Horton. You look at Twitter and social media, all of the lionesses saying that she did a brilliant job. And um, I think there's a few things emerging as well. And one of them is a really lovely relationship between Ellen White and Beth Mead. So they both scored in the friendly against Spain. But in the goals and in the build-up, you can see that their understanding between each other is really developing and it's also worth reminding ourselves that Beth Mead only made her international debut last year it was yeah. last April but she looks like she's been in that England team forever I would say she's a pretty much shoe in now to be going to France five goals in 12 appearances now for the Lionesses so she's doing brilliantly that goal by Ellen White by the way just into oh, the second wow. half yeah. against Spain awesome and I have to say that that game especially the first half for me was some of the most exciting football that I've seen from the Lionesses and so now just two Two friendlies remaining before they all go off to France. Some final decisions for Phil Neville to, to make, but I think pretty much that, that team is starting to pick itself for him. There's a couple of question marks over fitness. Fran Kirby, she'll be there if she's fit. Do you mean Fran Kirby grips? Yes, Kirby grips from la- anyone <laughs> listening last week. And also Izzy Christensen to do with, with her ankle injury yeah. as well. So it will be interesting to see if they get on the plane. But England versus Denmark, 25th of May. And England versus New Zealand is the final friendly on the 1st of June. I'm getting so excited. Like, I'm mm. just, I'm really looking forward to absorbing myself in a whole tournament. You know, that that lovely feeling of working on it every day and starting to learn inside out about players that you hadn't even heard of beforehand. And the viewing figures suggest that 
everyone's getting excited about yeah. it. These friendlies have got really good viewing figures. Mm. In fact, so much so that Jim White is the new biggest fan of women's football <laughs> as well. I don't think he'd seen much of it, but he, he works. I'll tell you. Fantastic absolutely. goal there. That was not bad. Absolutely. <laughs> Breaking news. The women are amazing. <laughs> I've um, never seen anything like it in my life. Damn. Well, he works 24-7, so we had the game on. We sit on set on Sky Sports News and we have our, our eye news and all our bits of information and research. But what you don't see is we have a big panel of large TVs and like ultra HD. So we got the women's game put on. We were on air at the time, which was great. And we got it put on our biggest television. And you kept sort of catching him when he was trying to come back to, to look at the camera straight down the <laughs> lens. He was literally engrossed Good. in the women's. So I was really happy because yeah. I was like... You know, for a man like Jim, who's very busy and is used to watching, you know, Champions League, Europa League, Premier League games. And he was like, Hilly, I just can't believe the standard of this football. It's like, well, you should. <laughs> You're bloody brilliant. All right. Good. So Jam. there you go. Thank you. Got to mention Scotland, speaking of Jim White, this neatly moves on to that. Scotland beating Brazil in one of their yeah. warm-up games as well. Brazil ranked 10 places above the Scottish team. And of course, Scotland are the first side that we meet in the tournament mm. in June. Can't wait for that one. England versus Scotland if that's not a way to bring in a fantastic World Cup then I don't know what is okay well you can keep up to date with everything Offside Rule and Women's World Cup some good stuff happening on our Twitter feed and Instagram at Offside Rule Pod also on Facebook and on our website too OffsideRulePodcast.com we are uh, reviewing the games there building up with lots and lots of pieces ahead of the World Cup and we can't wait All right, well, let's get into some of our topics today. We're going to get down to business by asking which clubs have been savviest in the transfer windows and also getting down to Europe celebrating the best of British uh, in Champions League action this week. But before we do that, let's get down to Wembley. I won't be going there, though, will I, oh, for the Lindsay, final? Oh, I'm so sorry. Wembley, Wembley. Oh, really? Oh. It's just, it, it is awful, isn't it? And yeah. I've got a confession to make. I turned on the TV and you were 2-0 up. So it's your fault. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We sat down to Sunday dinner with the match on, turned on the TV and I was expecting to see the last, you know, however many minutes of glory for Wolves. I was mm. expecting to pick your little face out in the crowd, Aww. tears of emotion. And you know what I still haven't seen? So I sent all my Watford friends, who were my friends at that point... <laughs> I sent them all a message saying, oh, because I was part of the Wolves mosaic. So when all the players walk out on the pitch, that was me in the middle of it, in the Wolves' end. holding a highlight. Yeah, holding up my yellow plastic bag. Aww. And I couldn't see what it actually looked like. I still, to this day, don't know what oh. it looked like. We need a picture, please, guys. From coming at out. Outside Rule Pod. When the, when the players came out for, for kickoff. So please, if you saw that, could you send me a picture? I asked everyone. No one sent it me. They were all too busy, obviously, celebrating. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you said on our WhatsApp, group that Nuno had got the subs wrong? For the first time, I think I'm going to be critical of him because I think <gasps> Nuno's been brilliant all the way through and I can see why he did this. It was very late on, you know, we're 2-0 up and there's less than 10 minutes to go. And of course, Nuno's thinking, let's close this game out. So one of the first substitutions he brought on Ryan Bennett, a defender, took off Neves. And you're thinking, yeah, I can get that. I understand why you're doing that. But I did not get the Cavalero coming on, taking off some of our best players, you know, Jota, Matinho. And if it had have gone to penalties, 
Those are the penalty takers. Mm. So we wouldn't have won on penalties, I'm convinced, anyway. Traore, to me, has just got no sense at all, no football sense. He can run, he can run, but he just does but not know what football. to do at the end. He can't, <laughs> he can't deliver a final ball. Cavallero just cannot score until he does get the ball in the back of the net. It would be great if he did for his confidence. But again, he went into that match, he hadn't scored. He did everything but score to get an equaliser. It was just... Oh, heart-wrenching, because you thought, well, there we are, one foot in the final and completely gone. Absolutely. Same as you, Kate. I was presenting the Rangers game and was about to get on a flight, was in our group chat, seeing that it was 2-0. I thought, brilliant, cruising, you're absolutely fine. Got on the flight, thought it'd be so lovely to hear from Lindsay in the next few days, <laughs> celebrating. She's planning her trip to Wembley. Insta stories of celebrations yeah, and, and uh, drinks in the air. And I was really confused. You were like, oh, sorry, commiserations. <laughs> I was like, what, what's happened? Have you... <laughs> What's happened here? I can't believe it. People as well that have asked me about it and you have to relive it like again today over and over. But just in short with Nuno, I think I can understand why he did it. He tried to bring some pace on, but I think those last couple of substitutes were wrong. He got that wrong. And the fan experience, you met some nice fans there, I gather. I did. (laughs) So this is brilliant. And this is definitely my takeaway moment from Wembley because I was thinking, you know, when we try and sum up our love for a footballer, we all have that footballer in our own team that we just can't get enough of. And at the moment with the Wolves contingency around me that definitely is Diogo Jota he's been brilliant the second half of the campaign and the way he keeps that ball at his feet as he dribbles past defenders Watford could not handle him at all or his pace and he looked sensational so much so that the guy behind me at one point went I love Diogo Jota so much I would drink his dirty bath water and I, I burst out laughing because I thought it was going to be something obscene, maybe mm. swearing, rude. So I turned around and I went, his dirty bathwater. <laughs> That's what you do. That's how much you like him. And he went, yeah, after he's been on a really bad, sweaty fishing trip, I'd do it. I'd drink his dirty bathwater. And then he said to me, would you? And at that point, we were 2 nil up and I said, no. And then at 2-2, I said, yes, I'd drink it now. <laughs> But he was off the pitch by then. Take nothing away from Watford, though. It was a really great game for a neutral. I have to say, one of the best games of football that I've enjoyed this season. It really was. Delefeo's goal as well, absolutely awesome goal. Sorry, Lindsay. He was an inspired. Yeah, and it and it was an awesome goal. Delefeo, by the way, the only player on earth who's admitted to the offside rule exclusives that he'd rather be at Watford than Barcelona. Okay, I'm in Barcelona since since nine years old, but sometimes uh, you don't feel you don't feel home. So uh, I don't want to to come back. I'm happy here in in Premier League and, and the future, I don't know, but I want to, to think in, in present and, and help the team. Well, Saturday's match, City scored in the fourth minute against Brighton and that was that, Hayley. Lovely gesture from Raheem Sterling, though, inviting 550 school children from his former school to come and watch. I love that. I know, it's very cool. And you know what I love about that story? We can chat about other footballers giving money to charity or giving their time to charities because they get a lot of stick. They're on the front and back pages of the newspapers for all sorts of problems. Drink driving, <laughs> diving. You mean when a player should really only drink water? Yes, when yes. he really should only drink this water. This is, by the way, for mm-hmm. people who are new to the offside rule, this is Hayley's favourite moment <laughs> of all time because she loves talking about nice football stories. And I think I that that's really awesome because we have to report on some rubbish things going on in football and it takes the game and it takes the sporting side of it away. And so Hayley McQueen, I'm going to give you a few minutes to 
indulge us in some of your favourite nice footballer stories okay. of the week, please. Well, instead of going back over the years, which I, I used to quite enjoy doing in our previous podcasts, I've looked at what's been happening currently. You probably heard about Sir Alex Ferguson having a party for the NHS. Yes. He had a massive party. We didn't mention it the other week when it was in the headlines. He's always been a great supporter of them, of course. He handed over £405,000, of course. He went through the NHS and had life-saving surgery, of course, and came out the other end and is, is fighting fit. Uh, Sir Alex, at 77 years old, just sounded like the best party ever, didn't it? Invited all the nurses and the doctors. Everybody was involved, patients as well that he'd met and guests and various people. Everybody was uh, heading along. And the proclaimers performed how brilliant is that? For free. Good move. And one of the punters that was there actually bid £5,000 to just go and have a picture with the proclaimers. Oh, Amazing, nice. yeah. I thought you were going to say with Sir Alex. No. Just the proclaimers. <laughs> just want the proclaimers. Okay, well, give us another couple of quick okay. bites. I love this one because it's not just about footballers giving money, but giving their time. And when you play lower down in the leagues, of course, you're not earning hundreds of thousand pounds a week. And Will Vokes, who plays for Rotherham, has been volunteering at a children's hospice. He's been doing it for two years. He was made an ambassador of the charity. And yes, at the PFA Player in the Community Award was awarded to him at the EFL Awards in London. So that's absolutely brilliant. He pops along. His mum was a volunteer, so he said he grew up with people in his family who set that kind of example. He's a regular at Christmas parties, events. He turns up when asked. He just pops in on an afternoon after he's trained. And he said, I was basically playing the Xbox at my house and was just thinking I really should be doing something better with my life. (laughs) You do. You do have to remind yourself that you take so much from those experiences. Like Mm. Easily one of the standout things that Mm. I did was train RNIB college uh, students in radio definitely when I was at university and hospital radio I love doing hospital Aww. radio going around <laughs> the ward seeing patients that sometimes they don't see anybody else all day mm. lovely things to do it is and fans as well fans of course helping out other fans particularly on social media which is so powerful and a former footballer in Pundit uh, Tam McManus is running a Twitter auction it ends on Sunday. We're recording this on a Thursday, aren't we? So if you're listening in the next few days, it comes out tomorrow morning, which is the Friday. You can go and get involved because Celtic fans are bidding for Scott Brown's worn shirt from that dirty old firm oh. game the other weekend. And it's to raise funds for a girl with cancer who's oh, trying nice. to afford her treatment. So Scott Brown saw this, signed his shirt, mm. has donated it, and you can bid on that as well. So that's lovely. Tam is short for what? Tom. Big, big Tam. Tam. Oh, okay. Hi. Gotcha. All right. So you can look that up if you uh, if you want to get involved. So the final between City and Watford, Saturday, 18th of May. Just quickly, Lindsay Hooper, who is your prediction? Oh, City. Okay, Hayley? <laughs> yeah, City, because they have to. They do, but I think if Watford have the same amount of magic... If they can conjure up that little bit of... And I know it's unlikely now, but if they can conjure up that little bit of magic, you never know. Although I want City to win the league because I don't want Liverpool to. Sorry, Lins. Oh, God. Me. Sorry, me. Yeah. A City can lose out on the cup <laughs> as long as they win the league. Yeah, don't say sorry, Lynn. Say sorry, Kate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I say sorry? Sorry, Lynn. Kate's the Liverpool oh, yeah. fan. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. Getting down to Europe. Let's do a quick roundup, shall we, of what's happened so far in the Champions League. Man United 1-0 down thanks to an own goal from Luke Shaw. That happened against Barcelona. By the way, that was the eighth own goal that Manchester United have scored in the Champions League. No side has conceded more in the history of the competition. 
We like to just give away little gifts every now and again, don't we? Madness. All square after some good fight from Ajax against Juve. Ajax player, by the way, Jürgen Ecklenkamp, came close to getting them a winner. I can't bear the fact that he was born in 2000. What? Are you only just switching on to this? No, I I just can't bear it. Liverpool cruising to that 2-0 win against Porto. Always going to be a tough ask for the Portuguese side. And their coach, who in his pre-match presser, commented on Liverpool's above-average communication department. That was after Klopp had come out and said, we're on fire, we feel good, we feel this, we feel that. And another good night for Spurs in their new stadium. Who'd have thought when we were talking about whether they were going to come unstuck having moved that they wouldn't at all they're having a great time there they take the advantage to the Etihad 1-0 up after that sun goal and uh, the miss penalty miss from Aguero so it's the first time since the 2008-2009 season that four British teams are in the quarterfinals of the Champions League back then that was the year that United fell at the final hurdle to Barcelona Mm. but do you remember the season before that so 07-08 four British teams again got to the quarterfinals Chelsea versus United in the final with that famous John Terry slip handing United one of the moment, great moments of all time for that club Haley, you'll know about that handing United the title Has the chance to win the Champions League for Chelsea and it's a chance that has passed him by and the agony is there again Watch him slip Martin I was there It was magical Do you remember Ronaldo's tears? Yeah, I think after I do. he missed because yeah. he missed a pen, didn't he? He missed a few, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do we think that history can be repeated, and will we see an English team in the final? this time. The one thing that we know is the semi-final draw already mm, which is yes. great because that means that we can sort of look at permutations. So the, the only all-English semi-final that could happen is Liverpool-Man United, although that's not looking on course at the moment, is it? Only 1-0 down, come on. Then. I don't think Barca were great, by the way, like either. Barcelona. No, they weren't They weren't great, so that could happen. We could have an all-English semi-final mm-hmm. uh, if they both go through, and how many fans would love to see Liverpool and United face each other in the Champions League? I would love that, because we'd stand a great chance. As a neutral, that would be brilliant. God to be able to watch and then I can get my own back <laughs> when you two come in the studio next time. One of, one um, of, one of us will be Ronaldo one crying. Of us. <laughs> <sighs> There's no chance of two all-English semi-finals. There could, though, be an all-England final. If Spurs progress, they will face Ajax or Juventus. The same applies if City progress, they'll face Ajax or Juventus. By the way, I think City will still end up winning that because key injuries now, no Harry Kane, mm. uh, reliant on Son. I just can't see Spurs going to the Etihad and turning this around because City score... They're going to score more than once, aren't they? Man United, if they beat Barca, then they will face either Liverpool or Porto, as we've mentioned. So it could be Liverpool, Man City. I can't bear this because so it's like the title the race, everything this year. I just, I just, I, I need to shut my eyes to that one. I actually can't process it. So we'll just see what happens. Whilst I don't want to see an all English final, because for me, I'd like to see a great European team up against Manchester United, of course, <laughs> or Liverpool or City. I'll give it to you both. It's so healthy to see that English teams are yet again dominating in Europe. I think it's really good because there was that lull, wasn't there, for a good few seasons where they're like, well, you've got all this money you have these amazing players you're basically going to lose out on attracting players by not having enough teams in Europe so Mm. I think being involved in European competitions then brings your bigger names in and just makes the league even more powerful all right well that's the best of what Europe has to offer but coming up we're getting down to business 
Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans, dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. When I first got into this, I was worried about bad reviews. And then I realised it didn't hurt. But I say thank you to the nice ones. On my Sky Planner, you will see things like wheeler dealers, the world's most luxurious airliners. <laughs> it's Mr Saturday Night himself. It's Mr Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. All right, well, this Sunday, just gone seen the EFL choose their players of the season for each league. Norwich's Timo Puki for the Championship, Luton's James Collins for League One, and then Tramere's James Norwood for League Two. All of them total goal machines. And let's be honest, Timo Puki not only deserves the accolade of the best in the Championship, but Norwich have probably done the best business of the season with him, right? So the Finnish player joined the Canaries in the summer on a free transfer from Danish club Bromby. So undoubtable value there. Let's look back at the transfer market this season ladies and find out if there's any other club that we think's been as savvy as Norwich in terms of good business. If we go for the Premier League of course I'm going to start with Jean Moutinho at Wolves because five million wow you can't get much better than that and sticking in the top flight I would say given all the speculation that's happening about the summer and big spending going on Aaron Wampasaka at Crystal Palace because already the stories are coming in that Manchester United are going to field a bid they're prepared to actually even swap two players two for one that is when you know that a quality player is is good enough is when you're prepared to let two go for him to make way so they're saying about 40 million pound on his head and he's come through the academy he's only 21 so great future ahead for him Harvey Barnes as well I would mention because he was going great guns, scoring for fun at West Brom. They ended, didn't they, Leicester, his loan spell there to bring him back to Leicester. But he's got into the first team and I think that he'll probably progress there as well. So it's been good. And in the Premier League, I'll round off the Premier League ones. I have got a couple in the Championship. Gwenduzi, I'd say, Arsenal, 8 million. For Arsenal standards, that's pretty mm. pretty good. I'm going to chip in with Johnny Evans, former Manchester United, of course. Um, but for Leicester, I think he's been really, really good for them, especially when we're, when we're talking like... Moutinho about players in their advancing years who come in at a lower price of course they do because of their age but actually put in a solid amount of game time and perform even to the extent that Johnny Evans has uh, relegated captain Wes Morgan to the bench he's 31 signed from relegated West Brom for 3.5 million and I think a really good bit of business for Leicester VVD as well I know it was in January last year but just this season has cemented the fact that that was great business for both sides, wasn't it? And also for Celtic to some extent, who got ten percent of that fee. It wasn't a bargain um, though, was well, it? No, but actually, he's lived up to his price tag. But in terms of good business, I have yeah. to say that worked out well for both clubs, but not for Manchester City. If we're speaking of Liverpool but making we bids to get with one a free over. transfer that inspired this conversation, we've gone up <laughs> to right. seventy-five million. <laughs> but we're still talking about value. Okay, could have been a massive risk, but I think that justifies the price tag. You keep arguing. Again. All right, then, yeah. Hayley? I did once buy a leather jacket for 500 quid and it's lasted <gasps> me 10 years. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Same, 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 right? I am going to go to Leicester as well. I think Tillemans on loan, another brilliant young Belgian player. Of course, the Belgians, they just keep doing it. They keep producing these wonderful players, massively in form, not just 
in the league and the Premier League really shining, but in Europe as well. Are they well, going to hang on to him? If they can. The only problem is his price tag has it's gone going up. way yeah. up. But it's I actually rising. think he'll relish the chance to be at somewhere like Leicester where yeah. he can perhaps put in a solid season mm-hmm. there, impress, work on his game, get that first team football. Because he, he has always been pipped as a really exciting young prospect, right? And and, and what's really nice as a neutral is is to sort of see that coming into yeah. full. Not just a young prospect anymore, is well, it? No, he, is the, he is the real deal. And in fact, he comes only behind Kylian Mbappe in terms of stats. If you if you look at all of the stats combined across Liga 1, Bundesliga, La Liga, the Premier League and Syria A. So I think if they can keep hold of him, that would be a huge bit of business done as well. I'm going to take you to Scotland as well, oh, because hey. Aberdeen, Sam Cosgrove. Goodness me, he's really come up from nowhere. They signed him from Carlisle United. He'd played lower league football as well. He scored against Rangers, Celtic Hearts, 20 goals a season. Derek McInnes is absolutely getting the best out of him. I know that Aberdeen are battling with Rangers right now to finish second. I think they will end up finishing third. He's 23 years old. He's earned cult status up there and he's, he's really exciting to watch. And I think I think actually at the end of this season, despite the fact he signed a deal and think until 2022, he will be in England playing soon. Reporting on championship matches as well for the BBC, I have to point out a couple because I'd feel bad if I didn't. So strikers we know are in high demand. If you can get a striker that can make that move from the Championship to the Premier League and I think there'll be a few clubs this summer wondering if that will be the case for Neil Maupay at Brentford because £1.6 million they bought him for and he does score great goals so I wonder if someone will take a chance on him and then I'm at QPR here's how I link it in I'm actually at QPR for the BBC against Swansea this week and I'm very excited about watching Joe Roden for Swansea he's only 21 Mm. centre back I think Swansea have done brilliantly to replace Alfie Mawson because we're all thinking about Alfie Mawson how they're going to do without him again they've managed to find this brilliant centre-back. Um, he had a first senior international call-up as well in October because that's how well he's been doing for them. So it'll be the first time I see him up close and I'm really looking forward to watching him. Yeah, well, we'll find out more from you about that next week. All right, well, let's wrap up with any other business stories that we've got to mention this week. Hayley, we're heading north with you. We are because I noticed in the Highland League clash between Nairn County and Fort William, which <gasps> I was I love then... Nairn's oatcakes, by the way. Anyway, go yeah, on, they sorry. are good, aren't no, they? really good. And William has a great fort. But um, I passed this news on to Sky Sports as it had happened because I sign up now to, of course, a lot of the local Scottish papers, including the Highland League. And <laughs> the match was delayed oh. because... So the referee got stuck in traffic... Okay. So the traffic in the Highlands, I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> Catastrophic. Well, probably ca- caught behind cattle. Okay. <laughs> but it was actually delayed because of deer poo. Oh. There was so much deer poo on the pitch. They had to They had to get... Imagine scooping that off. Uh, I mean, just gross. Uh, Fort William as well. Uh, they've had some bad luck. They haven't won a match in almost two years oh. since beating Strathby Thistle in April 2007. <laughs> Doesn't help with my lisp, does it? I have an Occasional lisp, which is great as a TV presenter. It's hard not to have a lisp with Strathbith. I, I know. And the season before, they began on negative points. They were penalised for fielding ineligible players. So oh, they've had they've had naughty, bad luck. Naughty. But I think, oh dear, this one was this oh, one was definitely the worst. Dear indeed. And of course, I like looking back to see what other games have been either called off or abandoned because of you know really strange things. And I'd noticed just a couple of years ago, Froome Town up against Chippenham Town clashed with. A a cheese festival <gasps> and the league allowed them to move it so oh, there yes, you go I would 
personally go to the cheese festival I, every time. I, that yeah. would be a tough call. Mm-hmm. What a that damn shame about that. <laughs> <laughs> Bada boom. Oh. And uh, Claypole versus Victoriano. It's in, in Argentina. Four seasons ago, there was a mass brawl and the referee handed out 36 red cards. The game was abandoned. How, how do you handed out 22, 22 players. Exactly. The fans were on the pitch. The, the, the red cards <laughs> were just flying. I think every single member of the coaching staff of either side in Argentina was handed a red card. I don't know how they would be punished where that goes down. But yeah, it, it was all kicking off in Argentina. So just, just a couple of examples of other games that have been called off and perhaps if you're on Twitter as well, you can maybe send us some in as well. If you've had a local a local game and it's been called off for a strange reason, get in touch. I can't get that ridiculous interview with Kelly Cates, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, but I just, I just can't get out of so my head. Strange. If you haven't seen it and... I know you probably have if, if you're listening, but um, go and check it out. We basically have an explanation on it now, don't we? So it was all meant to be Carragher and Neville going off to interview who's an Hasenhutl. Have you got my list? You've got, got a speech impediment just like mine. But it just looks so weird. And I wondered if you two had had any awkward interview experiences ever. I know I'm dropping that on you now, but have you ever had... I mean, surely none can be as bad as that. Oh, I know one of yours, Lindsay, but Jean I don't Saunders. think we're in that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Ex- to remind it because we've on, actually... explain all. No, we've ended up like doing karaoke in a room with Dean Saunders and this was post, do you remember? Yes. And this was post this happening and I was just thinking, please don't remember that was me. But yeah, the fan came out once. Dean Saunders took Wolves down, didn't he? When we yes. did the double drop from oh. the Premier League. And I think 10 games to go, I interviewed him post-match and we hadn't scored a goal in 10 matches. And you were a bit... And I, I went both barrels for, yes. for an explanation and he walked out. Oh, I... God, I remember doing an event. It was an internal event. And thank God it wasn't filmed for the FA. There were, you know, a lot of coaches in this room. It was a coaching seminar where they bring them all together at the end of the season and chat about various things. And we had a few members of the youth set up. So ranging from sort of 15, 16, right up until about 19. And I'd been given a few names on some of the youngsters that were going to come up and speak. And they're not that confident about sitting on a stage mm. with a microphone, chatting to, you know, ex-pros who, who are now coaching coaches and their peers and their mentors so it was already quite nerve-wracking for them trying to put them all at ease and I'd had my little pictures and done all my research on each of these players and when they turned up there was one player that turned up to come on the stage and I didn't know who he was I had absolutely no idea (gasps) so what did you do I was trying to work out there was nobody to ask I interviewed him not knowing who he was so he was sat in a line of four with three other players and I'd had my little stat pack which I, I don't normally take my notes up onto the stage maybe have a little few cue cards with some stats about the under 17s and 21s because they were of course doing really successfully at that at that time and heading into another tournament in the summer and it was sort of like a process of eliminating you know you asked the yes and no game it was a bit like that and I was trying to ask him as many questions as I possibly could to try and figure out who he was who and he narrow was and it down oh my goodness oh, it was awful did you awful. get there yeah and I can't remember it was now <laughs> I can't remember it was only at the end of last season and I still can't remember so that was that was embarrassing yeah Lindsay. So I, I'm starting to get a little bit irked by football gestures of love, right? Because we love football, all three of us. We absolutely love it. We talk about it every week. We go to matches. But none of us would accept being proposed to at a football game or anything like that. We'd all hate it. I know we would. Yeah, we, we would. We would. Collectively. I mean, it doesn't matter how much I love Wolves. I don't want to be proposed to at Molyneux. You wouldn't want to be proposed to at Old Trafford. You wouldn't want to be proposed to at Anfield. Although... I was on a working trip presenting Scottish football when I was proposed to. 
a trip oh, that I'd yes, arranged at work had paid for that my other half work. came on. It was after yeah. work. And True. It, it was a nice romantic setting. It wasn't in yeah. the bar at Celtic or anything, was it? It was and, somewhere And also, you yet. weren't wearing your shirts. True. I mean, this takes it to a new level. There is a Come linesman who proposed to a lineswoman in full kit ahead of a fourth division match in Romania. So that's ahead of the match. So he asks her, I presume, because they put it on Twitter, they, she said yes. And then rather than being like, oh, we're getting married, let's tell family and friends, they refereed a fourth division match in Romania. Yeah. I just don't get it. What about oh. people who get married at football clubs? Are like no. married and no. And they have wedding dresses made out yes. of old shirts uh, yes. and things like that. It's or with a whole it's new level. Blue suspender might be, you know, mm. something from Manchester mm. City or something. You know, perhaps, perhaps a hidden gesture's mm. nice. I right? mean, the football can bring people together. You know, many people have met at the football. Maybe that's why it's got a special meaning. And I can understand maybe. I can even understand more when you die, maybe scattering your ashes or something like that. But actually, the moment that you cement your romance and say I do do you want that to be Mm. and having like you'll never walk alone as you walk down the aisle it's more like the coffin going into the cremation you know as opposed to I wonder how many dead people are scattered on football pitches a lot I wonder if you can do a count on you know actually if you're playing at the Etihad or at Anfield how many dead people are you playing amongst what I'm saying is I understand that football can be life and death but it's not love Okay. All right. Well, that's quite profound from Lindsay Hooper. We're going to wrap things up there. I'm not here next week, by the way. So you're going to have a special guest. You can get in touch with us. Please do tell us what you think of the show at Offside Rule Pod on Insta or on Twitter. Please do tuck into the brilliant articles on our website. You have a player of the week there each week. We do Weekend Wanderings, which is a preview ahead to the weekend, picking out a couple of good talking points for you. OffsideRulePodcast.com. We got a lovely review, didn't we, ladies? Very good presenting group tick. Knowledgeable in form football chatter tick they work in football genuine fans tick uh, it's irrelevant that they're all female like we love stuff like this yes please do please how do they do it Hayley McQueen okay so you head to the section that says leave a review wherever that is on whichever device or means that you're listening to and you basically write wonderful things about all three of us or just me if you want and then you go to the stars you click the final box which is the fifth star to basically give us five out of five because that's how we roll please do we love it oh and we need your votes by the way we've been nominated for a webby which are some huge website awards in america we're being slightly outdone by nfl podcasts with millions of fans head over to our twitter and you'll find a pinned tweet there it's on yours as well Lindsay and we'll keep posting it up we'd love your vote that's the People's Voice Awards on the Webbies please get involved with that do subscribe to us as well don't miss us every Friday it's The Offside Rule signing off for now The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.